Hey everyone, you're listening to e-commerce talk, the show where Mark and I discuss e-commerce topics to help entrepreneurs build, run and grow their online stores. In today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Google certified stores and Google local. If it sounds like something you might be interested in, we'll see you in just a few moments. For show notes, just go to digitalstartup.co.uk forward slash episode 21. You're listening to e-commerce talk brought to you by digital startup signposting the road to e-commerce success. Hey everyone, it's Craig here at digital startup and I'm joined today by Mark. Good evening all. How are you? You all right? I'm okay. A bit weary tonight. I'll be quite honest. Yeah. A little bit weary, but a bit of a mad week. Yes. Mad week in the world of retail. It always is. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. About three hours ago, I was messing about, and I managed to pull my back, do my back in. I lay on the landing for about half an hour for the initial pain to go away, and now I'm kind oh, of like yeah. sitting here with deep heat and ibuprofen, oh, you just sm- trying to. <laughs> you smell lovely there. <laughs> so, um, if yeah, if I sound a bit like what, what's going on? It's because. Um, <laughs> I feel like someone's stabbing me in the back at the minute with a sword. Oh, bloody hell. Well, you didn't pick something up, or...? Uh, was it? Um, yeah, I was picking the missus up. Wow. I'm not even <laughs> going to go there. Because <laughs> if she ever listens to this, she'll kill me. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's all I was doing, but... I believe you put me in that position. That's harsh. Um, yeah, so that's good that over. Uh, also... I got my new phone this morning, uh, the oh. OnePlus 3T. So yes. I got that first. May, in may I ask your first impressions of this phone? <laughs> okay, first impressions of the phone. I'll t- let me walk you through my experience. So I turn the phone on. Fantastic. Um, it boots up. It puts me through a very quick initial setup, such as language, etc. And then it offers to copy my settings from my other phone. Cool. So I did the NFC thing and put the phones next to each other. And then it tried to connect, failed. Tried to connect, failed. So this happened three or four times. And then eventually it just worked. And it copied all my settings across. I was like, fantastic. And then it finally um, booted into the operating system. And it was like, you've got an update for the operating system. 935 meg. Yeah, not a problem. Fine. Downloaded it. Installed it. And then it said, cool, I've installed it. Now it's time to reboot. Rebooted the phone and it went, uh, update failed, Um, decryption unsuccessful. You might have a faulty drive or something like that. Um, And then it's uh, factory reset my phone and then took me back. And so I did that another three or four times and then it eventually updated and I was able to do what I wanted to do. But Yeah, that took about an hour this morning just to have a workable phone. I was not a happy chappy because I hate upgrading and changing phones because the initial process of copying everything across and making sure all the settings and photos and whatever are just exactly how I want it to be. um, So I got it at 10.30ish. It was uh, just after 2 o'clock in the afternoon by the time I'd finished. Um, (laughs) And then around about 5 there was a couple of apps I just had to set up. So it, it was uh, a miserable experience. Oh, dear. 
and there was me so there's and his phone's really good it's one of the best out there and you've had that sorry <laughs> yeah you, you essentially <laughs> sold me this phone and yeah, like... yeah i know i know um, i know it is a very good phone now once you've settled there you've had that experience out of the way you will like the phone I hope so. It's a little bit larger than the HTC M9 that I had before, um, and I haven't got a case for it yet, and it keeps wanting to slip out of my hand. Um, yeah, get yourself. Hey, pick them up on eBay for a couple of quick games. But you know, actually, you're not fine. I can't. It's gonna be hard to describe this. Um, but when you're ho- holding a phone with one hand, especially a large phone, that kind of the base of your thumb touches the edge of the screen. So as you're trying to type or stretch your thumb over to the left hand side of the screen, assuming you're right handed. You actually inadvertently press the left. No, you inadvertently press the right hand side of the screen with the. Oh, forget it. Anyway. Yeah. It, it has a bit of software called Palm Rejection Software, which should help stop that. But, okay. I. Um, it depends on the sensitivity of your phone and how your hand is shaped, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Well, my favourite feature so far has got to be the uh, fingerprint recognition. Yeah. Um, to unlock the phone and do stuff. But to be fair, I've got that setting turned on, so if I'm at home, it stays unlocked anyway. Ah, right, yeah. So you, uh, was it safe mode or whatever? I can't think what it's called. Mm, well, whatever. But yes, it's. I'm sure it's a great phone, and I'll come to love it. But today, I regret spending the money. <laughs> you'll now you'll get past that bit once you've done it. It's all done and dusted now. For the next two years, you will be fine. Mm, we'll see. Um. Yeah, so so that's kind of like been my day. Exactly. So, what did you want to talk about on this new series of uns- called unscripted, unscripted and uncensored? So there's two bits I want to talk about. I think. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a, bit, a little bit about uh, local SEO. Yeah. Okay. Um, You'll know, certainly business. know more about that than I do. Because I've been dealing with that for quite a while now. Yeah. And a couple of things have happened recently that have opened my eyes up to a few things, uh, which we'll talk about. And also, I want to talk about Google certified shops. Funny enough, so do I. Yeah, I thought that might be something <laughs> that struck a chord this week. Yeah, yeah. So, should we go into Google first? Yeah, certified shops. Google get, certified shops. Okay. Um, do, you, do you want to introduce Google certified shops, or shall I? Well, I don't mind going for it. So, Google certified shops, you will see this on certain websites. And it's a little badge uh, that is normally in the left-hand corner, I think, uh, that says Google Certified Shop with a little circle with a tick in it, I think. And basically, it is protection if you purchase from that website and you click that badge, you get free protection. I think it's a thousand pounds off the top of my head. So if you make a purchase and something goes wrong and blah, 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 you've got some sort of insurance stroke protection. And the way that works is you have to apply to become a Google Certified Shop which we have done mm-hmm. a couple of times. And that proce- yeah. Well, a while back. Yeah. So that, that process involves uh, feedback from customers. So you, you have to talk me through the technical, you, did you have to put a bit of code on the site? Yeah. So that's put tracking yeah. scripts uh, onto the websites, which allowed the uh, Google to track what the customer's doing, what they was purchasing, etc. Um, it's pretty simple in terms of that. Um, I think the longest part or the, or the intricate part, I would say, is just waiting for that 30-day period, um, waiting for Google to certify you. Um, they'll read your terms and conditions on the website to make sure that they're in line to what they're supposed to be. Um, if they are, then that's great. If they're not, they'll let you know and give you time to fix it. 
Yeah, so we went through that process, and I know we had to make a couple of little tweaks to some terms and conditions yeah. to, to meet their criteria, which was fine, wasn't the end of the world. And in the background, they were sending out review questionnaires to some of the customers of the site. Yeah, so basically when you make a purchase at the very end, you get a pop-up. I don't know if you've experienced this yourself. Um, but yeah, um, once you finish making your purchase on the website, you'll get this Google pop-up saying, would you like to opt in to do a survey? And then they send you a survey a few days later. Okay. And uh, the reason that, we're, that we were interested in getting this is obviously it's believed that Google rank uh, sites with this uh, certification slightly higher because they know what your site is. They monitor that site. They also monitor any customer issues that come up that use the Google certified part of the website, uh, which you have to deal with a certain amount of time. So it puts it puts in an SLA, yeah? A, uh, I forgot SLA stands for. Service level agreement. Yes, a service level agreement. Thank you, Craig, because I forgot what SLA stands for. Um, and basically that you've got 24 hours to respond, blah, blah, blah. Um, a little bit like PayPal does with, you know, if you buy anything through PayPal. So we went through the process of doing that and it took a bit of time because it depends on traffic and how many people fill in the survey. And we did that, didn't we? And we got a couple of sites that we've worked on. Google certified. So Craig, what's happened to Google certified <laughs> shops? Yeah, this is, uh, so let me put a bit more context into this. Uh, Google certified stores, I think it's called, is around for a few years now. And I just want to say that, that badge that they've always had, that mandatory badge, do you not think it was ugly as hell? Yeah, yeah, my God. It was very 1980s yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, I think they emailed out on Monday or Tuesday that they're discontinuing the service. Uh, yeah, and they're migrating it from Google Certified Shops to Google Certified Reviews, which is essentially the same thing under the same name, minus the customer purchase protection. Oh, is that the bit that's changing, is it? So they're taking away the... Insurance of one thousand pounds or Christ. Knows yes, what. they're basically turning it into a uh, almost like a trust pilot or reviews.co.uk or one of those services, um, but under the name of Google. Um, okay. That that essentially is the only thing. So you still get your seller ratings, you still get your customer reviews, you get the badge. However, it's not mandatory, and I believe you can change it to either a pre-set one or upload your own. I'm not, I'm not quite sure on that yet. The details aren't out. I did see you could modify the badge on some of the bits that they were changing, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing is the customer protection. Now, if you've got the Google certified shops already, what you'll find is that um, they're going to be removing the portal where you control all of that. Um, that I think that's going to be June. Um, oh, is that the date? Yeah, so right. at the, by the end of the March, they're graying out a lot of the options in Google Certified Shops portal. And then by the end of June, they're just completely removing it. And where they're going to move everything to, where you control the things that you can control, is into the Google Merchant Center, because the two are kind of linked together in terms of product reviews, etc. They're all going to make it so that you can um, uh, control it all from one area. If you haven't got it yet, or Google certified shops. Don't worry about it. You can still apply for the Google customer reviews whenever you want to. I I would recommend it. I think you would as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yes. I think I think it's a good idea. Totally. But um, yeah. So those are the changes that are happening. 
Right, so they put. I did read that they're putting it into the Google Merchant, which is Google Shopping, that some people might know what that is. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea because Google are very good at creating standalone applications and websites that really could easily be merged. So, you know, you've got AdWords, you've got Google Analytics, you've got Webmaster Tools, or, or whatever that's, what's the, oh. what's the I was going to say get site control. Uh, search console, Google search console. Search console, yeah, that, yeah. Um, then you've got Google Merchant Center. Then you had Google Certified Shops. So I'm all for them merging Merchant and Google Certified Shops or Google Reviews together. Totally makes sense. It would be great if you could have one portal that you could control all this from. But typical Google, they're all different strands of Google. And there never is quite a bit of joined up thinking. Yeah, a lot of the Google Google services, including the UI of the portals and the websites, all feel very different. And I imagine that's probably down to the fact that different departments or, you know, teams within Google are doing their own thing. And then they turn around at the end and go, well, actually, we could do with that communicating with that. And then they build an API and then just run off that for a few years. And then things like this happen where they go, actually, we should make a conscious effort to make sure it all comes out of one system rather than a couple. Yeah, you would have thought of all the people that that Google want websites to be a particular font size, a particular this, that, and the other. They don't seem to have great design language on their own websites, do they? They don't always follow their own rules, Yeah, in the UI, as you say, on on each site is, is different and changes at such a rapid rate that it's unbelievable. So, yeah, you'd think there'd be like a design language that, you know, a button on Google, any Google website would look something like this so it was easily recognisable across all all of the services, but they don't seem to do that. As you say, it's probably different departments working to slightly different briefs that know of all the other departments but actually don't really work Mm. together. That's the impression I get. The other thing as well is that, like you say, they change and update things all the time. Sometimes when you Google a question, try and find out how to do something in one of the portals, the answer's obsolete by like six months because they've changed something and the documentation isn't amazing. Totally. Now, oddly enough, that's a great segue into what I wanted to talk about. So I wanted to talk about Google My Business, okay? So that is the way that you hold the listing for your business on Google. So if you Google something, normally, if you Google a shop, let's go, uh, uh, let's just think of, I can't think of a random shop. Argos. <laughs> Argos, yeah, okay. So let's do Argos in Chichester. You Google Argos in Chichester. What you normally get is your normal ads and organic uh, on the left-hand side, but normally on the right-hand side, you'll end up with possibly a picture of the building and its opening times and its address and phone number, uh, or, or NAP, as they call it, which is name, address, and phone number, which is oh, the standard. I've heard of that. Yeah, so if uh, you, if you ever see a... Uh, I was going to say acronym, but it's not an acronym, is it? Whatever it is, anyway. Uh, where it's NAP on Google... That means name, address, and phone number. It's normal, normally the minimum you have to put in on a Google site anywhere is NAP, which is name, address, and phone number. That's what that stands for. You ever see NAP? So it's normally in capital letters. Um, and that's what Google My Business is. So you can take control of that. So if you're a small business owner that owns a pet shop in Wrexham 
and you want to be on Google and have a presence, the chances are that your shop will be there at somewhere, but you can control that shop. And what you do is you go into you can Google, Google My Business or GMB as it's known sometimes, and you're able to take control of a listing of your shop. So there might be a picture of your shop with some rough opening times. And the way Google does that is it finds out from uh, several data mining companies that look sort of load uh, localsearchdata.com, I believe is one. Then what they do is they're like an online yellow pages. So they fill in business names and addresses. Google uses that to create these listings, but you can control that. So what you do is you say, I want to take control of this business. It's my business. You have to fill in a form on Google saying who you are, how they can contact you, why you're taking over it. And what they do is they verify the business. So what they do is they send through, or they used to, and I believe they still do this, is they send through a postcard to the address of the business that you've taken over with a code on. And then you have to go on and verify to say you've received that, and that's how you take control. When you do, it means you can change the image, you can change the opening times, uh, you can put up photos, so you can put a better photo of the shop. They've got customer reviews from, as well, don't they? Yes, yeah. you get the ability to do customer reviews and respond to them as well. Um, and you can control that, and that is basically local SEO, as it's known. This is how you control, you optimize your business locally. Mm. So you don't need a huge website. If you've got a business standby, you can use that. So I look after that for uh, uh, a couple of brands, and... I was quite new to this only a couple of years ago, so I've learned quite quickly. So I had to do quite a lot of verifications on bulk uh, branches. So I found out there's a way you can do that with Google. You can group verify, you can upload them, uh, all the addresses, names and addresses, and then they get in contact with you. And it was a bit of a process that you know I had because it didn't go quite as smooth as me or Google would like it, I think. Yeah. But we got there in the end, so there's over 100 branches. Now... At the time, what you could do is you were able to fill it. I think it was called the story. So you could say what that brand did. So I'm a pet shop in Wrexham, specialising in reptiles, aquarium fish, guinea pigs, and ferrets, yeah? <laughs> so you could put in this little story. And Google would use part of that to look for keywords. So if somebody's looking for ferret supplies in Wrexham, it would read that and use that to rank your business. Well, typically, people who are doing SEO got wise to this and started keyword stuff in this little bit of uh, story. Um, and Google cottoned on. So it removed that a little while ago. So you couldn't change that. There is a way around it, but you lost control of that in the Google My Business uh, end of the portal as such. And what they've done is over the last six months, they have literally stripped out most of the ability to do things on Google My Business. You can still put up photos, you can still put the name and address, uh, yeah, name, address, phone number, opening times. But some of the other things you used to be able to do, you can't do directly from that portal anymore. And it, some of it's down to people abusing it. But I was doing a little bit of research because one of the, the branches that I was looking after was, so if you go into, again, Google and put ferret supplies in Rexham, you're gonna get all the stores of pet shops and etc. up. Well, normally you get two or three that rank on the, the, the main page, and then there's some more underneath. And one of the branches that uh, I was looking after wasn't ranking particularly well. I couldn't understand why. So one of the good things is because of reviews, and Google likes reviews, whether they be good or bad, to be fair to Google, yeah, 
yeah it doesn't matter so if you get five reviews they start showing you little stars the five stars yeah so it can be what four out of five but you have to have five stars but sorry five reviews for that to start showing so we'd always encourage people to do that but one of the things i learned the other day is the way that google helps verify that business and these are called local citations enjoying the show you can get updates on new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on itunes or soundcloud plus find hours of video tutorials at digitalstartup.co.uk forward slash youtube back to the show now what that basically means is they search for information about your business from other sources and sources they trust so they give certain sources uh, an authority score so for example yelp.com is ranked really highly by Google so if your business is on yelp.com and your name address phone number match what is in your Google my business Google like this and go that is a bit of like a backlink we can prove from another source to verify that the name and address of that business is correct on that source and Google but obviously it uses several different ones so you use yell.com and uh, Thompson local in the UK and other you know the BT phone book for example in the UK has a, as a uh, an authority you can actually Google a list and I think I don't know if it was Moz or somebody else had done a list of what they believe Google use and what um, authority they give I think Yelp was the top it gave it a hundred out of a hundred domain authority so if you you need to be on Yelp as well as Google My Business. And then you need to be on Thomson Local as well as Yelp and Google My Business. And the more that your business name and address is in harmony across all these different ways of sourcing data and business directories, the higher you will rank. Now, I tried a little experiment with this particular store. So I listed this store on Yelp.com and Yelp.com and Thomson Local. And lo and behold, it then started to move up the list. Not only slightly, but it did start to move. The problem you have is, is if you've got one business, that's probably not really difficult to do because you can control it yourself. You can sign up for these places and you know you can go onto yell.com and put your business in and find it and say, oh, this is my business. Again, you go through a similar system where they verify that your name and address. And you could control it yourself. The problem you get is that you, when you start to get into multiple branches and multiple brands, yeah, it becomes a real problem. So a lot of uh, SEO companies will do local SEO, and it's basically all these citation links, and they will make sure that your information is correct across all of them. And that's what moves you up on the listings should somebody look for pet shops in Wrexham. That's how you start to get yourself moved up and i was looking into it and it's a bit of a minefield because you start to look at how many different local data search places there are so there's one called localdatasearch.com which is a bit like google they drive around in a car by the look of it taking oh, photos right, okay. like street view and you need to be on their directory as well because a lot of stuff go google pulls is from them so you need to take control of that and it's a minefield because all of a sudden you've got controlling google my business and just getting your name address and a photo of your shop up to all of a sudden you need to be on all these other sites and that's why people have built businesses to be able to control that that sounds like a lot of micromanagement 
It is. As I say, if it was one site, it was your only shop, you could do it. And you're the shop owner and you had, you know, you weren't moving and you're thinking, right, I'm stopping here for the next 10 years. I've just signed a lease. You could quite easily do it over a few nights, set it all up. And, you know, it would certainly help your rank on Google. But the minute you start opening different branches and then all of a sudden you've got all these different accounts, you know. And as I say, if I can find the list of um, local citation authority, I'll, I will put, we'll get a link in the show notes to sort of, and I, I say, none of this is a bit like anything we Google. I don't think anybody knows definitively, but there's definitely ones that rank better. So I'll find that list and uh, we'll get it in the show notes. But it's just what I thought was a simple process suddenly turned into a huge web of backlinks locally into your business. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to document that really well if you're going to take it over yourself. Um... Yeah, yeah, you've got to be on top of it, basically. Yeah. So what about that's... like opening hours, if there was an adjustment in opening hours? Does that mean you've got to go to all these sites and change it? Yes, oh, my and God. that's the thing, you see. You need to change it across all of them. Now, I'm not saying they'd penalise you if it wasn't right across all of them, but they'd certainly look at it as a beacon for this person cares about the business, they're changing all these opening hours, um, we're going to rank them highly because they all match. It's when they start to get out of sync, I think they might look at that, you know, the algorithm for Google, well, that's strange, that doesn't match that, that doesn't match that. Yeah, but so, match yeah, that. That, something like that would get out of sync very, very quickly. Oh, so easily, so easily. And I look after the Bing, so Bing do something simple, similar, sorry. Um, uh, again, it's Google Local or whatever it's called. And they use a dashboard. Now I was I was quite lucky because I'd done the Google one, I'd managed to get all the names, addresses and everything. So I kept this on a spreadsheet and you're able to import in bulk. So I did that for Bing and it, it I must admit it went much smoother with Bing. But already just trying to keep on two different local sort of SEO sites that show business on Bing Maps and Google Maps, if anybody changes anything, like opening hours or the store moves or whatever, nightmare already and that's only across two different sites let alone the mass of business directories there are so yeah it's a pain but and i can see why businesses would pay other businesses to manage that and to make sure that they were all across the uh, all the same across all the directories and things like that because there is there is credence in doing that because google is looking at these these links these citations to say actually that is uh that's a verified business and it's got reviews on yelp keep using yelp i've never really heard of yelp until i start messing with it um <clears throat> and that's what they use so and obviously all these sites will take reviews yell.com and obviously google uses that as part of its as part of its uh algorithm to, to rank locally does that affect your website like ranking in any way or is well i would say it would have it would i would believe it would certainly have a um a bearing on it whether that be small i would imagine it's small against all the um it would be it would definitely have play a part yes okay the better it is the better you would do would you drop off the you know google if you've got a couple wrong no i think that's the thing with the google google algorithm I don't think there is a big chunk of anything. I think it's like 200 points. The whole thing is yes. like 200 points and everything's worth one point. There is no quick or easy win. Everything you do, no matter how easy or how complicated, only you know 
takes up one point, so to speak. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's like a, a a magic formula that you can use. I don't think it works like yeah. that. So I just found a link. This wasn't the one I saw, but um, it's from whitespark.ca, which I believe is a Canadian sort of local okay. SEO. And it's got, it's got these citation, uh, local citation sources, um, top, it's got top 50 for the US. So here we go. So the top, top 30 for the UK. So Google my business. Okay. That makes sense. Big places, which is the other one. Apple maps. Never thought of that. Yeah, 118information.co.uk. I've not heard of that. Thephonebook.bt.com. Scoot.co.uk. Thompsonlocal.com. Factual. Centralindex.com. Yell.com. Yelp.co.uk. Facebook, obviously, because if you've got a Facebook page, Free Index 192. Touch like Foursquare. I didn't even know Foursquare was still going. I think I looked at Foursquare. You have to pay to do that one. Hot Frog. Silex UK, Tipped My Local Services, Mr. Watt, Brown Book, Wampit, The Best of, City Local, City Advisor, Tupelo, and I Begin. No, oh, I've not even heard of yeah, some of those. Yeah, I was going to say, I've not heard of most of those. If you can share that link with me, I'll pop it in the show notes. Yes, yeah, I'll drop that, obviously. As I say, there's plenty of things on, on the website for looking at, and I'm sure I saw, if I can find the other one, which I think was SEO Mark, actually, now it's just popped in my head. Um, yeah, and it sort of shows the domain authority. So some obviously are better because they're they're kind of seen locally as being more reliable possibly than others. But it's an it's a real web of uh, uh, of, of all these networks. So anyway, it's not as simple as just filling that in. Yes, fill them in, and um, but it, don't just stop at that. Make sure you cross all these other directories. Okay. That's a good tip. I didn't. I didn't have a clue that any of that factored in. Yeah, it's called local SEO citations. And I say we'll get we'll get the uh, we'll get those couple of links into the show notes so people can have a look. Definitely worth getting on some of the bigger ones, the one nine two dot com and yell dot com, etc. Okay, so moving on. Thank you yep. for that. Um, I just wanted to say that in the next couple of days on the YouTube channel. I'll be doing a first look or first impressions of Magento 2.1. Um, I've been using 1.7 to 1.9 for a few years now, and I think it's inevitable that I should really start looking at 2.1 so I can at least know what I'm talking about. So um, watch out for that video. Um, is is 2. Point or, well, 2. Point plus, yeah, whether it be 0 or 2.1. Yeah. 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 Um, is that fully supported now from with me? like from the Magento community, because for, for a little while it was out there, but there didn't seem a lot of support for it. Like anything new when it comes out, um, it takes a while for you know apps and extensions to be developed. I mean, mm. look at the Windows phone, for example. Obviously, it won't take as, as long as that. <laughs> because yeah, that what happened to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, people are... So the thing is, with Magento 1 point whatever, there is a substantial knowledge base on the internet. And by knowledge base, I mean forums and websites and blogs that talk about problems and how to fix them and you know years and years of scenarios where someone's come across something and it can easily be googled and you can find your answer the problem with two version two is that when it came out at the end in november 17th 2015 i think off the top of my head um 
everyone started to shift their attention to that. But because the the um, the new platform is built so much differently from version one, everyone's kind of having to relearn the platform um, all over again. And so things are a little bit slow developing applications and creating that knowledge base, if you want to call it that, from scratch. Um, so what it came out November? So it's been out just over a year, hasn't it? A year and three or four months. So, oh, right, okay. so if it came out in 2015, that would have been it, wouldn't it? Or is my math yeah. terrible? Yeah. No, so, it's, two years. so it's only been, yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So if I was to come across a problem now in Magenta 2, chances are that I might have to work out the problem myself or pay someone to work the problem out for me because the answers might simply not be there. Um, however, uh, it will loop Magento one will lose official support. I think it's going to be the end of 2018 at the earliest. Um, so now is the time to really start thinking about, uh, migrating over. And I think for a lot of people out there who, uh, use heavily customized versions of Magento, which is the whole point of using Magento because of how much you can customize it. Um, they're going to be looking at rebuilding it from the ground up, um, so it's it's just everyone's kind of like learning the new system at the moment. Um, so it's it's kind of been slow, the uptake of people changing to Magento 2, but it'll get faster and faster as people are forced to move away from it towards the end of next year. Right, so so it's gathering pace now, is it? Yeah, yeah, it, and inevitably um, people are going to have to switch over, and I think the reality of that's coming into play. Like I said, it's going to be very time-consuming and very cost-effective for some businesses, um, but it's going to have to be done. See, when you use um, e-commerce platforms that are like um, software as a service, SaaS platforms like Shopify, for example, uh, you don't have to worry about stuff like that because all of the system updates, etc., happen. Uh, is, is you pay for that to happen on their end as a as a shop owner? Um, but obviously, the biggest issue you have is the lack of customization. Um, I think for some stores, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if I'm a dropship website selling 20 items, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But as an enterprise company, you, you know, you can't use Shopify. You have to use your own stuff. And that's why Magento is so great. Like I said, it's just the transition. So that's something I want to look at from the point of view of um, an e-commerce owner, a web store owner, you know, maybe a, a system user, an end user, rather than a techie person. So I'll be doing that video over the next couple of days just to see what the changes are, see if they look any easier. Um, I know for a fact it uses a flat design in the admin back end. Um, I like I hate, the design oh. 2.0. <laughs> when it first came out, I looked at it um, back in November 2015, and I absolutely hated it. I don't know if they've made any changes since. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, I, I think it's nice the back end is. I think you're a philistine. I think you need to, <laughs> I think you need to embrace embrace oh. it uh because yeah these you know it just looks neater and i like it it's showing oh, no, some, I, the problem i have with with certain flat designs is that there's no clear uh break uh, breakdown or breakup of the page itself so i i don't know I, I like my old school version one back end if i'm honest with you i i'm so used to using version one that i've kind of i've kind of learned to love it and you can tell when things are not meant to be there or should be there quite easily now, I think. Yeah. I think I was just used to it. I'm just looking at images, actually, of Magento 2.0. <laughs> I like that. 
Nah. I'll, I'll, oh, if I've got the ability flat, to strip out and pretty. put the old one, version one skin on, I will. Uh, nah, it's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> uh, you've got to love it. I, I, I forgot the the uh, sort of toolbar was down the left hand side. I'm assuming you can move yeah. that around. I don't know. I don't know. I'll like that tomorrow. I'll be intrigued. I'll be intrigued to. Uh, to play with it, obviously it'd be like learning it, looking from fresh again. But uh, well, certainly from a spot. development point of view, it'll certainly feel like learning everything from scratch again. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I know. I know you said it, mm. you built different. The thing is with the version one, if you went, oh, that's broken or that needs changing, I'll be like, yep, yeah, I need to go into app folder, design, uh, default, template, blah 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 blah, and I'd know exactly where to go. This will be completely different. You'll be like, I want to change uh, something in the skin. I'll be like, yeah, give me an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, yeah, find out. <laughs> yeah. I'll be intrigued because inevitably, as you say, 1.x is going to slide off the uh, support sort of cycle, isn't it? And it'll be 2. Point whatever. Yeah. And, and on you go. Yeah, I think you've got a good 18 months before you've really got to really, really, really worry. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen. So now's the time to learn. Mm. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that uh, with some interest, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I was going to say to you was, um, have we set up an email address yet for people to get in touch with us? No, but we can. We can do it right now. Do we want email? Do we want social media? Well, social media. Um, well, we'll do, what I'm thinking with the problem with social media is, is people can obviously do social media, but sometimes if they're sat at work and they thinking or maybe listen to a podcast, they might not be able to. So I've, I, I email several podcasts that I listen mm -hmm. to. I was quite pleased to get mentioned on one last week, actually. Oh, you did mention, yeah. Was, um, yeah, I got, yeah, I got on the Pocket Now again. Yeah. Uh, well, Pocket Now uh, is uh, Android phones and things, which is one of my big geeky things. And I'm an avid listener of their podcast, and I emailed them across a question last week, which got read out, which was quite nice. So uh, they've got, like, podcast at pocketnow.com. Uh, so shout out to them. So I didn't know if we could do the same. Yeah, just fine. so that somebody could do it, you know, and if we get an email, get some questions, and it'd be great to hear from some people. Yeah, defo. Um, let's call it e-commerce talk at digitalstartup.co.uk. Okay. Okay. So cool. if anyone's got any questions, ideas, suggestions, just throw us an email over to e-commerce talk at digitalstartup.co.uk, and either myself or Mark will get back to you post haste. Yeah, and we'll, we'll obviously mention it on the podcast as well. You know, get get uh, get you a couple of shout outs, maybe. Uh, obviously, they can get me on social media as well. I think I said last week about. Uh, you said last week you were going to give uh, mention one. Yeah, I did. So uh, probably Twitter is probably the one I look at the most and monitor the most. Okay. If I'm honest, I'm not on Facebook. So, uh, and it's at Mark Hilton Tech. So that's tech with T E C H at the end so at mark hilton tech if you want to drop me a tweet or any questions it'd be great to speak to anybody yeah cool again i'll put the email address and the twitter handle in the show notes for yeah. anyone who wants to get in touch yeah that'd be great to hear yeah great to hear from let's that's yeah it'd be great to get some topics um and get some feedback get some mm. questions i'm very eager to answer some questions that people may have that's um yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah that'd be great that'd be great Cool. Well, anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. Um, thank you for joining me today, Mark. Uh, you are welcome. Again, if you want to catch the video that I'll be doing in the next couple of days, you can hit that over on the YouTube channel. Again, link will be in the show notes. And we will speak to you again in a week. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.